Hello there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast, where we share practical therapy tips and ideas for busy speech-language pathologists. Grab your favorite beverage and sit back as we dive into this week's episode. Hi there, welcome to the SLP Now podcast. This week, we're sharing a module out of my speech therapy PD course called How to Rock Your School Year. In this episode, I talk about my best strategies for parent communication, um, different tips to make that easy and effective and have them bring them in as our allies to help with progress and generalization. If you want access to the full course, which includes this module as well as six others, and the opportunity to earn CEUs for these practical strategies to help you rock your school year, head to slpnow.com rock. When you sign up for a speech therapy PD membership, you'll have access to this course and so many more. And as an added bonus, you can use the code SLPNOW to save $10 off your yearly membership. Now, without further ado, let's dive into all things parent communication. Before we dive into all of the strategies for parent communication, um, I just wanted to take, I think I'm preaching to the choir here, but I just wanted to take a second to think about why we would even spend some time working on this because we have so many things pulling for our attention. Um, And it might not be the goal that you're working on right now, and that's okay. But if you're trying to decide which goal to work on or which area of your practice to improve, um, I think parent communication is a really great area to consider. They spend an awful lot of time with our students and they know our students best. They can really be our allies and help us reach maybe um, students who are a little bit more difficult or just help any of our students make progress, if they can help with that generalization at home, um, that can make a huge difference in terms of overall progress and generalization to other settings as well. If we have them on our team, it can be incredibly powerful and huge. So um, just a little bit of the why behind that. And there's some really great, like I feel like there's so much research coming out lately that focuses on including parents in intervention. And um, there's, I mean, it's a little bit trickier for us to implement in the schools, but that's something that I'm really excited to dive into and see how I might be able to implement that with my caseload um, in the future and just implementing what the research is telling us. But there's some really great results coming out of that. But for today, I have five strategies that we can use to start navigating this process a little bit. And the first part is to make it easy. So I'll share some ideas that we can use to make it easier. Um, We want to log our communication and we'll talk about why and how to do that. We want to communicate early, communicate regularly. And one super helpful strategy is to build a handout binder. And I'll show you how I do that and what that looks like. So first thing is to make it easy. So I confessed earlier that I had a really hard time sending home worksheets. Um, it was just challenging for me to find an, like 
put together the activities that would make sense for the student that matched up with what we were doing that were appropriate for their level that they could do like because I was really worried about that errorless learning um, especially when it came to articulation and I didn't want them to be practicing at the wrong level or practicing it wrong because that meant more work for us and so there were a bunch of hurdles there just in terms of the time and just the logistics around implementation and so many times I found like I would put together these beautiful worksheets and send them home and then I would just find them crumpled up at the bottom of a student's backpack and they like rarely got returned. And so that was challenging for me um, because I put so much work into it and it didn't seem like it was getting any results. And I was doing some brainstorming and trying to figure out how I can make this better. And one of the, I was talking to one of my teachers and everyone at this new school that I was at was using Remind, which is a communication app. Um, and they're all like, they're HIPAA compliant. They've got all the security in place. And it's really great if your school is already using a communication app. Um, but if not, it's something that would be worth looking into some, and I'm not sure about the compliance of all of the other tools, but I know that, um, for example, that um, Class Dojo is another example. Um, what was the? Um, there's a couple. Seesaw is another example of an app that other that I've seen other SLPs use. But I think it speaks to the making it easy component. And maybe it's not that. Like I've seen other SLPs use, they set up a Google voice number and they text with parents through there too. But it's so fascinating to me because um, when I was using Remind, but I was still kind of in the transition, I would try and call parents and I would leave them a bunch of messages to like try and schedule their IEP or to chat about something or whatnot. And I would like call and leave messages and try and squeeze it into my schedule and it would just be crickets, like nothing. And then I was like, oh, I should try this, like sending a message on a remind because we have that set up. And I'd send them a message and they would respond within seconds. Um, and so I think, I don't know, especially in terms of how I like to communicate, I don't often answer the phone or um, check my mail. Like we just get so many notifications and so many things going on um, that a text is just really easy, low entry. It can be like, okay, sure, I can respond to that. Um, and so that's one thing that I that has made a huge difference for me. Parent communication started being much more doable once I made it easier. And that was just what happened to work best for my parents um, at that particular school, like different schools and different um, demographics and all of that will respond to different things, but that just worked out really well. So think about what would be easy for your parents and maybe those handouts, like if um, Holly shared the example because like her parents come into the session, um, a handout is probably the easiest thing there um, because they like, maybe they sat in on the session and they saw it happening and then um, Holly can just share a handout or a worksheet for continued practice because they were in the session, they saw it happen, they know what to do, and then they can take it from there. And even if they weren't, 
they um, she has the opportunity to check in with them and share a strategy that they can use when completing that activity. So for that example, the worksheet might be easier. So just think of the different options available to you, whether it's phone calls, text, communication apps, worksheets, folders, um, more regular meetings, whatever it may be, and what feels like it would be easier for you and easier for your parents. And that'll be the best way to maintain that communication and keep that working. Then the next step, once we find something that feels easy, we want to make sure that we log the communication because depending on your caseload size, you might be having conversations with over 100 pairs of parents, um, and that's that's a lot. So um, we want to make sure that we're keeping track of what we're communicating about and that we know that we can remember and keep things straight. So setting up a communication log right at the beginning of the school year is so huge. Um, and then when I was using Remind, I would, because you can copy and paste that information, I would and you can just keep it in Remind and maybe just export it at the end of the school year if you're required to keep conversations. But if it was something really important that I wanted to reference when I was writing the IEP, I would copy and paste it into SLP Now. That's like my digital system and that's where I would keep track of my communication logs because it's just linked to the student's profile so when I'm reviewing my data and updating my IEP, I can see all of those relevant notes. And I also use that, we'll talk about teacher communication in the next module, but um, I really liked having that central hub for all of that information. And then when um, the next time I was having a conversation with a parent or when I was preparing for an IEP, I could just see all of that in one place and um, feel like a rock star therapist because I could remember all the details. Uh, the next step is to communicate early. So um, I know that I get a little bit anxious when I'm like I'm on a deadline, I have to schedule this IEP, and I don't always do my best communication when I'm on a time crunch and when we're just when we just have to get this in because the deadline is coming up. So that's why I map out my IEP dates well ahead of time. And I try and I start reaching out to parents well ahead of time as well so that we can get something on the calendar and make sure that they're prepared to come into the IEP, then start like to bring up maybe when I'm on the call with them, if we're going to be talking about any kinds of changes in the service delivery or the goals or anything that we might be talking about, I can get a feel for where they're at and we can kind of start moving towards that conversation instead of having it all be like a really rushed conversation of, okay, let's get in, let's do this, and then throw the bomb goes off <laughs> with all the changes that are happening. And I think that's when the miscommunication comes in and that's when issues arise is because we didn't give ourselves enough time and space to have those conversations and um, just give them the time and space that they need. Then the next step is to communicate regularly. So if we're giving ourselves enough time, like if we go to schedule that IEP meeting, we can check in there and then we can have a quick reminder or a quick remind reminder um, using the app or Google Voice or whatever you're using, but just having a way to um, check in 
in terms of scheduling the IEPs. But then when I was using Remind, I would just take a quick picture of the activity that we did in the therapy room. I was like, hey, we're reading this book this week. Um, And then maybe the next week I would say, we kept like we worked on this skill and just give an example. And so I would give little snapshots of what we were working on. And then I would take a quick picture. Um, like if we did the story retell, like, hey, we worked on the story grammar organizer. Um, and I could even share like video and different examples of I could send like a quick voice memo showing how the story retell worked or share a quick strategy. But I could that was really doable for me to squeeze in those quick messages throughout the week. And I wouldn't do it every week for every single student, but I would at least communicate, like I would communicate way more frequently than I would if I just had the phone. And sending a quick picture is easy to do with multiple students in a group at once. And so that was just one way that I was able to communicate more regularly. Then another strategy that's been a game changer is just building a handout binder. And I carry this to any meeting that I go to with parents or teachers. Um, And I'll give you an example of some of the things inside. But I think it's incredibly important because um, we're really familiar with the IEP process, how special, special education works. We're really familiar with our content area and we have a good enough idea of what's going on with other specialists, but for parents, it's all new to them. And they're also bringing in all of the emotion that goes with that. So they're overwhelmed, they're worried about their child, they're being bombarded with all these acronyms, all of this information, and it just, it just like goes over their head a lot of the time. And so that's why I really like to have these handouts ready to go because it makes the conversation easier um, because we can refer to the visual and I can make sure that they're understanding it. And I, so I'll explain whatever I'm explaining and refer to that kind of like we do with our students, but then I'll let them take the handout home so they can refer to it and revisit it. Um, And I might just like staple my card to it or whatever in case they have questions. Um, But that's just like that increases their comprehension so much more, and it makes the conversation that much more successful. So here are a couple of my favorites, um, and these are all free, um, but I think, and they're more generic, but um, Jenna Rayburn, this is on Teachers Pay Teachers, her What is an SLP handout, but I think it's helpful to explain this to parents when we're first starting out so that they know what we do and what we target. This is also especially important for teachers. Um, This is more of a uh, teacher-oriented handout as well, but it shows the expectations for the different grade levels, and it's really helpful. And this is by Amanda Newsom from A Perfect Blend, and that's also on Teachers Pay Teachers. And these, I just had to plug in these um, observation checklists because they are incredibly helpful as well. Um, but my favorite handout to use with um, when I'm explaining evaluation results to parents because the, the standard scores and all of that don't make a whole lot of sense 
Um, it took me a little while in grad school, and I know that like some of my parents have no clue. So this makes it much more visual. It makes it much easier to explain, and it includes really nice um, descriptions of the different bands. And I just love how it is visual and shows um, the number of students so that I can use more parent-friendly terminology when describing it. And what I do is I use this in particular when we're going over evaluation results, but I'll pull the um, the standard scores or percentiles from their different assessments and plot them on the bell curve. And then we get a really good overview of where they fall across the different skills. And it just really make, it makes the discussion that much easier. And it's just, it's really helpful. Um, and this is from pacificcoastspeech.com slash resources. Um, so they, um, it's really, it's also free and easy to find. Um, and then if you're looking for more recommendations for handouts, um, I will also share that link um, in the blog post for this course. So then the other things that I like to do to keep this organized I put all of the handouts in sheet protectors. And so I think this is an example of sheet protectors from Walmart or Target. Um, you can find them anywhere. Um, and then I just, or in your school's office. <laughs> um, but then I put the original handout and then some copies of the handout in the sheet protector. So when I'm at a meeting, I don't have to run to the copy machine. I can just pull one out of the sheet protector and I'm ready to go. And I use a highlighter to put an X, a big giant X on my original so I don't give it out. Um, and the magic, magic thing about a yellow highlighter is that if you copy it, it doesn't show up on the copy. So then it, because I don't want to give a parent a handout with yellow highlighter all over it. So it like prompts me to like go get another copy so I don't lose the original. Um, but it's just a really nice way to keep them organized. And then I use this ready index. Um, and this is what I was talking about with the uh, assessments as well. So I use a ready index to keep track of the different, um, different sections of handouts so I can easily navigate to the ones that I need for any given meeting or whatnot. Um, so that works really well. And just another note, because I got extra wide ready indexes so I could still see the numbered tabs um, stick out from the, because the sheet protectors are wider than a normal piece of paper. So if you're a super type A like me, you might want to look for an extra wide ready index to keep those organized or just extra wide dividers so you can still see the tabs or you can get little sticky note tabs to separate them out. But that organization is definitely a time saver, so you're not just flipping through all of the pages trying to find the one that you need. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening in. Be sure to head to slpnow.com 22 to access the show notes. That's where you can find all of the links that we mentioned during this presentation. And can't wait to see you next week. Thank you.